This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Goforth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. Round one of the TWSAA football playoffs is in the books. We get ready for round two, but before we get to that, we got to look back at what happened on Friday night. I'm Chris Goforth. He is Chandler Morrison, and uh, this is the time of the week when we kind of look back on Friday night and sort of break down some of the stuff that's happened. And here's kind of what we're going to do today is um, we're going to kind of go classification by classification. We'll update you on uh, how all our teams fared, who's moving on, who's not moving on. And uh, we'll kind of highlight a game or two maybe out of each classification to talk about. So that's going to kind of be our uh, our plan for today. We're certainly glad that you uh, have found us here on SETN Preps. You can find us uh, on Twitter as well. You can find Chandler at Sports Chandler. You can find me at Crisco Fourth One. And you can find this podcast on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash SETN Preps. You can also find us on iTunes, the Southeast TN Prep Podcast, the Southeast TN Prep Podcast. That is where you find us uh, on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. And we're glad that you're hanging out with us. And Chandler, if you are ready, sir, let's hit the rewind button and go back to Friday night. Let's talk about how some of these games went last week. I'm going to start in Class 1A, uh, where I think it's worth noting, Chandler, out of Region uh, 3-1A, which is the the region, our local Class 1A region, of the four teams that made the playoffs, three of them won. The only team that lost was Sale Creek, who was in the playoffs for the very first time ever in school history, even though they ended up losing 35 nothing to Gordonsville. Hey, Sale Creek was in this thing on into the third quarter before Gordonsville was finally able to step on the gas and pull away from them. Yeah, that that was probably uh, a little bit shocking, you know, because we we think of Sell Creek around here is just not a very successful program, Chris. I mean, we had what three years, I think, before they got a win when they started that program, Chris. Just to see them in the playoffs uh, is amazing, Chris. Was that the game that you were going to look at in one A? No, I just wanted to mention it. Actually, <laughs> uh, the game that I want to get to is honestly, it's probably the same game that you know you're going to. Um, that you're going to mention, and it's one that uh, you and I talked about a little bit last week, and that is Joe Burns and Lookout Valley. Lookout Valley beat Joe Burns 17-14. Lookout Valley, the number three seed, knocking off the number two seed in Joe Burns 17-14. Chandler, do you remember what I said last week? You can go. You can pull it back up last Thursday on the podcast about this game. If Lookout Valley was going to win, Zane Howard, Lookout Valley's quarterback, had to have a big game. Zane Howard, Friday night, 14 carries, 167 yards on the ground, 4 of 7 passing, 51 yards, and 2 touchdowns. Give Lookout Valley's defense a little bit of credit because they played well. They bent throughout the night, but they never broke. And then Evan Ferguson, the kicker, yes, here we go again, praising kickers, uh, a (laughs) 27-yard field goal, just over three minutes to play to win the game for Lookout Valley. They're going to have to come to Whitwell on Friday night in round two, but 
congratulations to Lookout Valley. Heck of a game. Way to get the win. We talked about Joe Burns being beat up and banged up. And uh, based on uh, how the picks went in the paper uh, on Friday from some of the quote-unquote experts in the paper, they should have been listening to us, Chandler, because we tried to tell people. <laughs> we tried to tell you how beat up Joe Burns was, and nobody yeah. listened. But uh, great win for Coach David Dinger and his uh, Yellow Jackets. Yeah, Chris, I was just going to go straight to the kicker on that one, but you beat me to the punch there. Uh, that, that field goal was like, what, three three minutes left to take the lead there? I mean, that's just one of those moments in a game that's like, Lookout Valley just looked really good. It's their first playoff win for Lookout Valley since 2011. It's only the third playoff win since 2001, so, you know, they're kind of rare there. But it's great to see Lookout Valley in the second round. The only bad news, as you mentioned earlier, Chris, is, they have Whitwell on the road this Friday. Yep. Let's move on to uh, Class Two A now. Basically, we had of the we had five Two A teams in our area that mm-hmm. made the playoffs. There's only mm-hmm. two left, and it's the two best ones. Meigs County yep. and Tyner survived. Marion County lost to Trousdale. Bledsoe County lost to Watertown, and mm-hmm. Westmoreland beat Polk County last week, fourteen seven. But uh, Meigs County, they won big. Tyner won pretty big over East Robinson. Uh, East Robertson, sorry, this was a uh, – Tyner won 35-13. Chandler, that's the game that I want to talk about because it's a 14-13 game midway through the third quarter before fi- uh, Tyner finally got this thing cranked up. Jeremiah Batiste, eight receptions, 192 yards, and two touchdowns. This last week, showing you why he is a uh, a finalist or a semifinalist for Mr. Football in the state of Tennessee. When Tyner flips the switch, Chandler, look out because I really feel like that team is as good as anybody, regardless of classification. When they play their best, they didn't play their best for about two and a half quarters Friday night. I think the reason they're going to be so good, Chris, because they're constantly up against the wall, constantly in a challenge. And, you know, I don't think it's by design by any means, Chris, but it just seems like every time we turn around, it's a close game. They're close into the second half. They're they're battling. They, you know, sometimes they get out of it. Sometimes they barely edge out a win. That is going to be crucial when you get deep into the playoffs because we talked about this earlier. I think Tyner has one of the hardest roads in 2A to the state title game. And, and I think we talked about that last week or the week before. And it's – it's going to be because they're going to have to. They're going to be challenged every week, and you know what? They they meet the challenge every time they come up against it. Jay Fowler, who's the head of the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, Jay's a, a friend of mine, somebody I really think highly of. He is also the team chaplain for Tyner, and so Jay's on the sideline with the Rams. He was a former Tyner quarterback back in the yeah. mid '80s, but uh, Jay is on the sidelines uh, of every game at at Tyner. And I talked to him a little bit last week. As a matter of fact, I talked to him uh, right before the kickoff of their uh, their final game of the season, uh, final regular season game. And in talking to, to Jay, he said, you know, he said the scary part about this team for as good as they have played, he said, I don't know that they've really put four quarters together yet. He said, now, mm-hmm. the game against Marion County, maybe, because he said they played awfully, awfully good that night. But he said, I just don't know that we've really, that we really know how good this team could be yet. 
So that's scary if that's the case. You know, Chris, I had for my game, and it was just because it was the closest game. It was one of the closest. Uh, it was the closest of the two A games, Chris. The Westmoreland game. Uh, Westmoreland gets their first playoff win in four years. Polk County makes it six years now without a playoff win. I thought that we'd see Polk County in the second round. They may not have been the best team in this bracket pod, whatever you want to call it here, but they have a lot of fight in them, and I was honestly surprised, not shocked, but surprised that this Polk, this Polk County team wasn't in the second round. It's been a roller coaster all season. I kind of hate to see any kind of season in that way when it's been such a roller coaster ride to be added in the first round, Chris. Well, you say that, Chandler, but going back last week to our picks, that's one of the games that I missed on, and one of the ones you got right, you actually took Westmoreland uh, to win in that one. Uh, it hurts to be right, Chris. It hurts to be right. Oh, stop. Stop. <laughs> yeah, you oh, actually man. hit... Uh, uh, you actually hit all five, right, in 2A last week. And um, yep. uh, we split, by the way, on the Joe Burns Lookout Valley pick. I took Joe Burns. You took uh, Lookout Valley. Uh, you took mm-hmm. Westmoreland. I took Polk. So through 1A and 2A, you and I each have one loss. Let's move on to 3A, where things got, uh, well, it was it was kind of tough for some of our our local teams there as well. Red Bank won. They beat Smith County. Sequatchie County won. Uh, they struggled with Brainerd. And York Institute beat Signal Mountain, which, uh, again, Chandler, to be honest, I'm a little bit shocked. I thought Signal Mountain was was ready. Uh, they, they just didn't play well Friday night. You know, I kind of talked about this last week that, York Institute is a team that they can score in bunches, and we know Signal Mountain is a team that can do that as well. When they get on a roll, when they you know, can start firing the ball down the field, they can get on a really big roll, but it just wasn't in the cards for them. It was one of these teams, it was one of these games, excuse me, where it could have been a barn burner either way, and York Institute just kind of, I guess their defense held up toward the end there because they've always had a really good secondary York Institute. And I guess that's what helped them in this one, Chris. Well, it's, the game that I wanted to talk about, though, was Red Bank. Um, they did not start slow. We talked about Tyner kind of getting mm-hmm. off to that sluggish start a little bit. Uh, Ray County stepped on the, or uh, Red Bank rather, stepped on the accelerator right from the beginning. It was 35 nothing in the third quarter. Calvin Jackson, <laughs> four touchdowns. The Red Bank defense, again, really, really good, plus two in turnovers. And Smith County, 3 of 13 passing. Um, I think Red Bank's for real. This is going to be a fun team to continue to watch, okay. Chandler. And Smith County is always, you know, don't underestimate that game, Chris. Smith County is always a challenge no matter what their record is, no matter who you're playing. They're always, they always seem to be a challenge, Chris. And for Red Bank to come in there and do that, that was, you know, a pretty good step here for Red Bank going into the playoffs. But going from somebody who had a fast start to someone who was kind of slamming down on the brakes to start the game, Chris. Sequatchie County was tied at the half. They actually trailed in the second quarter to Brainerd, and I thought and they were, at that point, Chris, they were kind of playing so bad. I thought, well, are we going to be out of here at the first round or am I going to get the next Friday off, Chris? Uh, but but this was a Brainerd team, team that made a lot of mistakes in the first half. And Sequatchie County did, too. I mean, they were pretty close on the penalties, Chris. They managed to get the game to a tie at the half. 
Now, Sequatch County, don't get me wrong, they came back and scored 20 unanswered points in the second half, and that's what matters in this one. But this is night and day from that team we saw last week, or the week before last, that lost the nail-biter to Upperman that really came down to one series, Chris. It was closer than it looked, but, you know, they better hope they can show up against Redneck, who they'll be playing this coming week. We'll talk about that later on Thursday, or they'll be two and out and sitting on the couch, Chris. You and I, um, in 3A, we were both uh, perfect. We picked all the winners. We had we both had Sequatchie over Brainerd. We both had Red Bank over Smith County. And um, we both had uh, Signal Mountain over York Institute. So we were, uh, we were actually 2-1 uh, in 3A last week in the opening round of the playoffs. So, uh, well, maybe they need to open up two slots on the paper there, Chris. No, well, you know, so far... <laughs> You and I are both ten and two right now. One of us needs to uh, flub something up here, but I get the feeling that may come later. All right, let's go to four A now. Uh, not a good week for our four A nope. teams. Pretty much everybody's done. Uh, Howard lost to Elizabethton. Central lost to Sullivan South. East Hamilton lost to Greenville. Central just not the same after the injuries, and a lot of inexperience they're having to go with now because of injuries. Five turnovers. And Chandler, I don't care, even if you've got a lot of talent on the field, even if you've got a lot of experience on the field, five turnovers isn't going to win you a whole lot of games. And that's basically what happened to Central Friday night. Yeah, I expected this one to be a close one, Chris. I mean, when you're negative, you're, when you're minus four in the turnover differential, Chris, that just puts you down from the get-go. You just can't win ball games like that. This, like I said, like you said, this is not the same team that we were ranting and raving about in week one, week two. This is a team that has suffered an injury that is deflated, and you hate to see the season end like this for a team that had so much promise and so much, I guess, just potential to be able to make maybe even some kind of a run, even with that tough 4A slate that they've got. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, and it's, again, very tough week in Class mm-hmm. uh, in class 4A. In 5A, you had uh, Ray County traveling to Oak Ridge, you just kind of thought that might not work out well for Ray County. It didn't. And then Soddy Daisy with a nice 42-19 win over Clinton. Uh, look, Chandler, I, I think you hopped on Soddy earlier in the year, probably earlier than I did. Um, we got to start giving Soddy some credit now in 5A because I think you got to start taking them seriously. This is a good Soddy Daisy team, and whereas – and look, I know Central's had a ton of injuries, and and in you know in four A you just don't have the same kind of depth that you're going to have in in five A typically speaking. But man, I give Coach Barnes and his staff at Saudi Daisy a lot of credit because man, they've been hit with those injury bugs too, but yet they continue to find guys to step in and step up. And uh, Saudi Daisy, look, I, I got to give them credit. That's a really good football team. Chris, I think we're just used to in the past, you know, Saudi Daisy being, you know, on the cusp and never being able to, you know, if they do take a step, it's not much. And they've just kind of been on the cusp there, Chris. I think this dominant performance, and I'm not saying this is just all the, you know, it's, it's when, you know, there's they're one win less than Saudi is here. But that offensive line we've been talking about since week one, Chris, well, I was hopping on the offensive line, not necessarily Saudi, Chris. It showed up big time Friday night, 266 yards. Uh, of, of total offense on the ground, rushing offense. And that has everything to do with the boys down in the trenches. And, Chris, 
I love even more than I love seeing kickers getting some praise, and you know how I love that. I love to see the guys down in the trenches getting some love, Chris. Well, those guys in the trenches, they uh, they did the job. There is no doubt about it. They did the job. All right, let's look at, uh, where are we? 6A. We're ready to go to 6A now. Uh, f- by the way, you and I both correctly picked the 4A games and the 5A games. Let's go to 6A now where Farragut knocked off Cleveland. Udawa finally got by Hardin Valley, and Science Hill edged Bradley in a, in a close one. Udawa with a 35-28 win over Hardin Valley. That's the game I wanted to talk about because uh, Hardin Valley just wouldn't go away. Udawa led it 14 nothing, but then Hardin Valley, they come running back. Udawa had two turnovers and probably allowed Hardin Valley to stay in this game much longer than they should have. Another case of round one of the playoffs, and I don't know if teams are overlooking people if they're not taking them seriously enough. Tyner had kind of a slow start. I thought Whitwell had a little bit of a slow start for them against uh, Clay County on Friday night. A bunch of penalties early and kind of bogged down some drives for them early on in the game. Udawa, a slow start. And let me tell you, especially in 6A, you get out of the gate slow like that in the playoffs – you're going to be in trouble at some point in time. You can't afford to have too many games like this in the playoffs the way Udawa did because you're in trouble. Yeah, Chris, we were, you know, we were, if they started slower, we'd be talking about how we're not talking about 6A for the rest of the playoffs here. I mean, that's how close this one was and how Harlem Valley was able to stay in it. You know, out of all the teams in 6A that we cover, you know, Cleveland, Bradley Central, Udawa, the ones in that region, this one looked to be the one that was going to go chalk, Chris. And it, you know, you're talking about a blowout chalk. We thought this was going to be a woodshed type game, and it, they went chalk. But we felt like we'd wake up with a blowout win. Now, Sincere Quinn, 163 yards on the ground. Sanford with 112 on the ground. They really rushed that ball and won this on the ground, Chris. We talked about the difference between Division One, Division Two, but really, there's a difference between 6A and under the other divisions. It seems that you know, even though you have a dominant Marable. Anyone can win on any given day, especially in the playoffs. I mean, Cleveland scored 24 on Farragut, a good defense. Bradley nearly upset Science Hill. And then Hardin Valley, you know, almost taken out of Udawa right here, who, who was, you know, the one to pick from Chattanooga. So, you know, I think there's a real big difference between 6A and the rest of what you have in, 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 in public schools. Do you agree, Chris? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. And I don't know if you read the uh, the article that was in the paper was in the Friday paper, I guess it was two Fridays ago, where um, I think it was one of the guys, it wasn't Stephen Hargis that wrote it, but it was one of the guys at the Times Free Press where they spent a week with the Udawa football team uh-huh. and basically chronicled the week of Udawa football. One of the, and that was coming off the loss, it was going into the Cleveland game and coming off the loss to... Um, Maryville mm-hmm. and Coach Chandler and his staff, a couple of his assistant coaches, were quoted in this story as well, talking about you know just kind of the difference between coaching supplements and the number of coaches that you can have in Hamilton County as opposed to in Knoxville and how serious 
lot of those programs and, and Knoxville schools in general, the school system, how serious it is about football compared to where it is in Hamilton County. And mm-hmm. look, there is within 6A, I don't think everybody's competing on the same playing field. Yeah. I agree um, with you. It, it's a lot like it's a lot like college football and I don't want to get us off on a different subject, but you know, I've always th- I think it's laughable that Alabama and Troy University both compete for the same national championship. Yeah. That Georgia yeah. Southern and the University of Georgia both compete for the national championship because mm-hmm. funding and facilities at those places, even though they're in the same state, funding Nine and eight. facilities, <laughs> recruiting budgets and everything else is completely night and day. And you're talking about two teams in Troy and Georgia Southern who – Look, there's some football tradition at both of those places, certainly at Georgia mm-hmm. Southern with, you know, Irk Russell and the national championships they won and won AA. And, you know, Udawa doesn't have that football tradition. They don't have that football history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Udawa for a long time was everybody's homecoming opponent. Yeah. And yeah. so you don't have that necessarily to build on. And I think those kind of things make it that much harder when you're trying to when you're trying to create that you know i think it's much easier when you step into a program you know like marion county or south pittsburgh or you know even a tyner uh baylor and macaulay programs that have a history and a tradition of winning Mm -hmm. i think it's much easier when you step in to try to continue that than it is with what's happening at udawa right now where they're really still trying to to build that and they're working towards something. And I think they're doing a great job there. Don't get me wrong, but it's, I think it's a much more different process than what they're dealing with right now at Maryville. Let's move on to uh, division two, by the way, uh, Chandler, I want to point out that, uh, uh, in six, a, uh, I took science Hill, Farragut and Udawa. I was perfect in six, a, uh, you took Bradley over science Hill. So I am now. I now have a one-game lead uh, in our picks through the uh, through six A. Let's go to Division Two, where um, we both took Baylor to win. By the way, little disappointed in Baylor's uh, performance in the loss to JP Two. We both took Knox Webb to knock off CCS. We both mm-hmm. took Grace to knock off Tipton Rosemark, partially because. To our own admittance, uh, we neither one knew anything about Tipton Rosemark. We both put, <laughs> we both took Notre Dame to win big, and we both took BGA to beat Silverdale. The game that I wanted to mention um, out of all of this, and Chandler, I, I think we've done a little bit of a disservice to Grace this year. Yep. One, they don't play a lot of local teams. Yep. And because of that, we just haven't talked about them a lot this year, but Man, how good is Cade Tinsley? 31 attempts, 294 yards rushing, two touchdowns. He passed for another score. Grace had 438 yards. We've done a disservice by not talking about him. Uh, You know, I think Grace is a handful in that division, 
and Cade Tinsley, clearly, he's an absolute beast. Yeah, you know, and, and that 438 yards is really impressive. What impressed me, Chris, was they held Tipton Rosemark to 174 yards and most importantly kept them out of the end zone, Chris. You know, Division Two, it's very competitive. I'll talk about this here in a little bit, Chris, but it's very competitive no matter what, you're, what division you're talking about, Chris. And to hold someone to a goose egg in Division Two, that's a task within itself, Chris. This is a team that fell out of the four seed after being impressive earlier this season. I was impressed that they, they won this. I didn't know anything about Tipton Rosemark. But although it was a little messy, you know, there was an interception. There were 75 yards in penalties, Chris. They get it done. They move on. They travel to Davidson Academy next week. Well, let me update you on the picks. Now that we've gone through all the games from round one of the playoffs, <laughs> we picked 25 games last week. Uh, I hit 22 of 25. You hit 21 of 25. So I've got a one-game lead on you going into this week. So we'll do picks again on uh, Friday, and we'll keep up with uh, with how well we did uh, when we uh, when we get back together again next Monday. All right, Chandler, it's time to do our highlight, low light, and fail. We do this every week where we take a look back at Friday night. We'll give you a highlight from the week. We'll give you a low light from the week, and we'll give you an outright fail. Uh, I'm going to start first, Chandler. I'm going to go with highlights, and, and I'm going to go with Lookout Valley, winning just the fifth playoff game in school history, knocking off Joe Burns on the road. Tremendous win. David Dinger does it again. I mean, that guy, uh -huh. when Lookout Valley has needed somebody to step up, and, and Coach Dinger's a Hall of Fame baseball coach, but when they've needed somebody to step up and take over that program, he has been the guy to do it. I think he does a heck of a job. Uh, I thought Coach mm -hmm. Roricks did a great job with them last year, and I know he's still on staff. But, man, what can you say about Coach Dinger and just to get those kids ready to go and and, and to be able to get that win, I, I think it's just huge. Playoff win number five in school history for Lookout Valley, and uh, mm -hmm. that's my highlight of the week. Yeah, Chris, uh, my highlight, and I – my highlights this week are the stats don't lie, Chris. This is the first this is the first part of this. Six touchdowns by Aaron Swafford. I know it's Mexicali. I know they're playing probably some team that would get beat by anybody, Chris, but you can't you can't deny that Mexicali this year when you know, it's kinda of like being a you know, one of those BCS buzzers like Boise State or TCU where their competition may not be that great, but when they face that competition they've blown them out of the water and made sure there's no doubt who won that game. But Aaron Swafford, six touchdowns. He rushed for more than he passed, okay? He's the quarterback. 108 yards on the ground compared to 99 through the air. He had two two-point conversion passes, okay? So of the 48 points that Megs County scored, Swafford scored 40 of those points as a dual-threat quarterback, Chris. That's, that's my highlight. Wow. That's an unbelievable. That's an unbelievable number. Absolutely unbelievable. Give you my low light of the week. Uh, my low light this week is slow starts. Uh, Whitwell won mm -hmm. by 50, but they struggled early. Tyner was mm -hmm. sluggish against East Robertson. Udawa kind of sputtered. Signal Mountain, after fighting back from an 0-4 start to the season, they got off to a bad start in the playoff game. Not able to finish it. I, that's that's where I stand. It's it's the slow starts this week by all those teams, even though 
Whitwell ended up winning and winning big. Tyner ended up winning. Udawai ended up winning. Just the slow starts because I think a slow start this time of the year in November can spell doom and trouble for somebody. Yeah, Chris, my little out of the week, it, out of 26 teams we had competing this week, okay, 15 were eliminated in round numero uno, okay, 15. 11 teams remain in the playoff hunt. We got three in 1A, two in 2A, two in 3A, none in 4A. That's a low light in itself. 5A with one, 6A with one, Division three, Division two, excuse me, with three teams still left in contention. Even lower line here, Chris, the second round, at least two more teams will be eliminated. Sequatchie County faces Red Bank, and Will will face Lookout Valley. So you're automatically going to have two eliminated next week outside of the ones that might already get eliminated next week, Chris. So that's the low line for me this week. I will play off that for just a second if you don't care, because let's look. Um, I agree with you. I, th- I think Whitwell beats Lookout Valley. Um, you know, South Pittsburgh has to go to Gordonsville. I think South yeah, Pittsburgh. It's, it's it's tough. I, I'm going to venture yeah. a guess right now. I'm going to say, and I'm it's it's an educated guess, but it's purely a guess. I'm going to say Gordonsville is probably the number one playoff opponent uh, for South Pittsburgh in all the years the Pirates have been in the playoffs. I bet they yeah. faced Gordonsville more than anybody else. Look, I think they go up there and win, but I think going to Gordonsville can be a tough task for anybody. But I think you'll have Whitwell win. You'll have South Pittsburgh win. We'll be down to two and 1A. I think both Megs and Tyner both win. I think we'll be at two and 2A. Red Bank and Sequatchie County, as you mentioned, they're going to play each other, unfortunately. I hate that it has to come in round two. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be down to one team in 3A. We have mm-hmm. nobody left in 4A. We already have just one team left in 5A in Soddy Daisy. We have one 6A team left in Ottawa. And then in the private schools, we've got Grace Baptist. We've got one in each division, right? We've got Grace, we've yep. got Notre Dame, and we've got Macaulay. And that's all we've got left. Yeah, Macaulay was on the bye week for those that didn't hear Macaulay earlier and they're wondering why we're not missing Macaulay. They were on the bye week this week. They got a first-round bye. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my low out for the week. Is that we just have you know out of twenty six teams, I figured we would have more because a lot of them were out playing each other. Chris, I figured we would have you know maybe a couple more, not a whole lot. There were some that we just didn't expect, but there were some upsets this week that I think that kept Chattanooga from advancing in deeper into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And again, as we have talked about before, the Knoxville area, Upper East Tennessee, that's where our four. A, 5A, and 6A teams, and look at it. Howard loses to Elizabethton. Where's Elizabethton? Upper East Tennessee. Sullivan Mm -hmm. South, Greenville, Farragut, Science Hill. Where are those teams? Knox Webb. Where are those teams Mm -hmm. from? You know, the Knoxville area and Upper East Tennessee, and, uh, you know, that's where Chattanooga teams in 4A, 5A, and 6A, that's where they go to die in the playoffs. They have to go to Knoxville. All right, our yep. fa- my fail this week is real simple. It's the 4A schools. Central, Howard, and East Hamilton. Nobody could get out of the first round. Well, Chris, for my fail, I went all out. I'm going to tell you this. I did some – I crunched some numbers today across the state. Okay, I ran the numbers. This is across all playoffs, all divisions, classifications. The average margin of victory this week, Chris, 
23.7 points. So three touchdowns plus. Three and a half touchdowns, basically. Three touchdowns and a field goal. We'll call it that. There you we're go. Out, we'll round up. Okay? There you go. Out of 109 games, Chris, that were played on Friday, only 20, this is public and private, every 5A, 6A, 1A, whatever, only 20 of those 109 came down to one score or less. And, Chris, we talk about 1A all the time. It's even worse in 1A. We know a lot of games there can be lopsided because of the depth, Chris. The average margin of victory in the first round in Class 1A was 33 points, almost five touchdowns, Chris. I can oh, believe that. I, can, I mean, look at our games locally. Yeah. Whitwell wins by 50. South mm-hmm. Pittsburgh wins by 43. Mm-hmm. Sail Creek loses by 35. Now, the one outlier in that is Lookout Valley pulling the, the three-point upset. But look at those yeah. other games. They weren't close. Yeah, Chris. And Lookout Valley was the outlier in 1A. It's the yeah. only game that came within one score in Class 1A. So really? it was the most competitive game of the week. Yes, it was the most competitive game of the week in 1A. And the highlight of the fail was that 15 games came down to a field goal or less. So there was some exciting football, Chris. Let's not, let's not put that out of there. But it was definitely a week of blowouts and woodsheds galore, Chris. Those numbers do not lie, Chris. And, you know, it, it's just interesting to me that you have that kind of margin of victory, especially it's not surprising in one day in the first round. But just overall to have three and a half touchdowns in the first round, you think it's going to even out, Chris, but it didn't. It's just, that's just how the, the cookie crumbled there. Yeah, I'm still stuck on the fact that Lookout Valley and Joe Burns was the only game in 1A decided by one touchdown or less. Yeah, it was the only single digit. Like, I think the, uh, the next one was like 14 points, two touchdowns was the Goodness. next one up. That yeah. is hard to believe. That is, that's a great number, though. I mean, that's a, that's a very cool stat because I hadn't looked at that, um, and that's a very, very cool stat. So, uh, good stuff, Chandler. Way to go, man. Good stuff. All right, hey, that's going to lie. No, they do not. <laughs> they do not. And that's going to do it for us. We don't lie either, at least not intentionally. Uh, <laughs> we will be back with you later on in the week, and we'll take a look at week two. Anything in week two right now, Chandler, round two of the playoffs? Is there anything that really has you excited? Any game that you're, you're really looking forward to? And it's okay if you say Sequatchie County Red Bank because – that's one of the ones that I'm going to be looking most forward to as well. Yeah, Chris. I mean, that's the one I'm looking most forward to because here's the thing, um, and we'll talk about this later on Thursday, but these teams do have a little bit of pass. Last year, Red Bank out at Sequatchie County for the playoffs in the first round. So there's a little bit of bad blood there. So that one will definitely be interesting because it's two of the three A teams left. And, of course, the winner of that one will go on if they keep winning. They'll play Alcoa, so it really dun, doesn't dun, matter. Dun. But it's, it's going to be an interesting game in the second round, Chris. Oh, I think so. I think so. And I think, look, if South Pittsburgh was hosting Gordonsville, um, I would take South Pittsburgh by 40. You know, the fact Mm -hmm. that they're having to go to Gordonsville, I think that Mm. may make that game a little bit closer. Um, I think think Gordonsville is just too one-dimensional, and South Pittsburgh will take care of business. But you're talking about two – Blue blood programs in 1A football in Tennessee, in the state of Tennessee, going at it in what can be a 
a really tough place to go play. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. um, next to Trousdale. If you get outside of our area, I think next to Trousdale, Gordonsville is probably the toughest place, the the best home field advantage. I think from a crowd standpoint yeah. of of any it. place that's that's outside of of our area, it's it's a tough place to go play. So those are the two games that you know I'm most interested in in talking about on. Um, on Thursday, we have our next edition of SETN Preps. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Chris. Can't wait till the second round begins. All right, we'll have uh, we'll have more for you coming up later on in the week. We'll have it for you on Thursday. Until then, uh, you can uh, check us out. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash SETN Preps. You can also find us on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Just go to that search bar and type in the Southeast TN Prep Podcast. He's Chandler Morrison. I'm Chris Goforth. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch up with you again on Thursday.